Hi everyone, we are continuing our series on life's toughest questions, and I've said over and over that God has a wonderful plan for your life. Then the question that I want to ask with that is, then why does life seem so unfair? Solomon asked this in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 1. He says, I looked again at all the injustice that goes on in this world. See, the question of injustice can be asked many different ways. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad people seem to prosper? Where's God when I hurt? When all the things aren't fair and just in life, where's God? If God is really God and he can do something in loving, where is he and what's he doing? Why doesn't he help us? Why doesn't he do something about the injustice in this world? The reality is, life isn't fair. This is a fact that you just need to accept. The Bible says it. Ecclesiastes gives us five different examples of how life isn't fair. First one is that criminals go unpunished. Ecclesiastes says, why do people commit crimes? Because crime is not punished quickly enough. 3,000 years ago, Solomon was complaining about what we're complaining about today. Nothing's new. The courts are bogged down. Justice is slow. Delayed justice is injustice. People say crime doesn't pay. Well, who says that? If you think about it, even if you get caught, you can still sell your story for millions of dollars. You can write books about it. Solomon says it doesn't seem fair that criminals go unpunished. They get off on technicalities. Solomon continued, I noticed that throughout the earth, justice is giving way to crime and even the police corps are corrupt. How relevant can you get? If there's any place there ought to be justice, it should be in the courts. But do you believe that that happens? And even if you go there, you, you may not even get justice. Often the verdict of being guilty or innocent depends on how much money you have to buy the smartest attorney who can get you off on a technicality. Then you can get paroled and you do it again. Second, the oppressed are unhelped. Nobody speaks up for those who are oppressed. Ecclesiastes 4.1 says, I saw the tears of the oppressed and they have no comforter. Power was on their side of their oppressors. They have no comforter. See, history is simply a record that proves that humans tend to persecute each other. It's in our nature. Throughout history, the rich oppresses the poor. The powerful oppress the powerless. Race oppresses other races. White oppresses black. Men oppress women. And all around you, you see racism, sexism, classism take place. And it hasn't changed today. Open your eyes. Don't think that we're any better. No. People oppress each other. And it doesn't seem fair. Nobody speaks up for them. Third, politicians are unethical. Whenever you find people in authority over others, you will expect to find injustice. Does anybody really expect public servants to serve us? If you do, you are so naive that it's ridiculous. Ecclesiastes 5.8 says, If you see miscarriage of justice anywhere throughout the land, don't be surprised. For every official is under orders from higher up, and the higher officials look up to their superiors. And you can get matters lost in red tape and bureaucracy all the time. And those that's the good ones. Ecclesiastes 10, 5, and 6 says, Here's an injustice. I've seen an injustice caused by rulers. Stupid people are given positions of authority, while intelligent 
people go unknown. Dumb people rule us. I could give you a 10-hour talk on this point, but I'm going to spare you. I have never met or seen a politician who isn't unethical. It just doesn't exist. In fact, in order for you to rise through the ranks, you have to be somewhat corrupt. You just have to be. And you always have to answer to people who ever put you into office. And you have to carry their agendas. That's really it is. Fourth, good people are unrewarded. The wrong people prosper. Ecclesiastes 7, 15 to 18 says there's something else meaningless. Righteous men who get that what the wicked deserve and wicked men who get what the righteous deserve. Dishonest people are the ones who are getting ahead. It appears that the wicked are better off. It appears that they're having more fun. It appears that the way to get ahead in business is to be unscrupulous and have no integrity. That's unfair. Have you ever lost a deal or a contract because of an unscrupulous competitor? And even though you deserved it, they got it. But just because they were willing to shave off a little or to bribe the person, they got it. Solomon says that doesn't seem fair. The good die young and it seems that evil people live on. There's even a hit 1977 Billy Joel song about it. Only the good die young. Fifth, capable people are unsuccessful. The good guys don't always win. Ecclesiastes says in the world, fast runners don't always win the races. People train for years and years to get to the Olympics and then on that day they get sick or they have a fluke accident. Where they're disqualified. Doesn't seem fair. Wise men don't always earn a living. You can be brilliant and still be poor. While some fool inherits millions and you work hard making a living to pay for your house, your mortgage, and some drug smuggler is living in a paid mansion that doesn't seem right. The biggest salaries don't always go to the smartest people. It's really sad that my favorite sport, football, is the most racist. They don't hire head coaches who are black. There are no general managers or high positions in any organization that are filled by minorities. Oh, wait, let me tell you the real statistics. It's 3%. To me, that's pretty much zero. They claim diversity, but in reality, they act like plantation owners, where all the diversity is in the labor. It disgusts me. I hate even bringing it up, but nobody does. We just let them get away with it. And I know some women who are far more capable than their boss because there's a glass ceiling. Maybe you deserve the promotion, but because of the color of your skin, your gender, or the boss like somebody else, you're the best qualified, but you don't get the promotion. It's not fair. See, Solomon is just giving examples. He's saying, let's just admit it, life isn't fair. So why doesn't God do something about it? Is God uncaring? Is he indifferent or is he helpless? No, he's not. The Bible gives us four reasons why God allows this, why he allows injustice in the world. First one, first reason, because he gives us the freedom to choose. Deuteronomy eleven twenty six says, I am giving you the choice between a blessing and a curse. The Bible says we are created in God's image. That means God gave you a choice. That makes what you do different than the animals. Animals don't have a choice. God gives you a choice to accept him or reject him, obey him or deny him, do good or bad. Now, why? Because God gives you a free choice because he wants you to do good because you choose to do good, not because you have to. He wants you to love him because you choose to love him, not because you have to. 
And with choice comes consequences. You can't say you have a choice to do good unless you have a choice to do bad. The good news is you have that freedom of choice. The bad news is that there are negative consequences is because we often make bad decisions. Evil consequences in the world are simply the result of evil choices. God could take all the injustices away with a snap of his fingers by taking your freedom to choose to do wrong away. There was a recent Marvel movie about kind of very similar to this, where Captain America and the Winter Soldier, I think that's what the movie was called, where they ran the end of the movie, they ran an algorithm to see who would commit crimes in the future, and they uploaded it into this weapon platform that they would launch into the sky. And the second that they would figure out, oh, you're going to do wrong, you're going to avoid us, then we'll just kill you. And that way we'll have world peace at the result of free will. Spoiler alert, they lose. <laughs> the good guys destroy the plans. Anyway, God is not going to do something like that because God is producing a race of tested people. So the good news is you do have freedom. The bad news is, is what comes when we make bad choices or the consequences of it, which is injustice. Second, judgment will come. Ecclesiastes 3.17 says, In due season, God will judge everything man does, both good and bad. You see, today isn't the end of the story. The final chapter has not been written you need to never forget that one day God is going to bounce the books. There's going to be a judgment day. And God may not settle accounts this year or next year. But that doesn't mean that people are going to get off. It's inevitable. We need to constantly remember that ultimately there is a day of accounting for what we do here. Isaiah 30, 18 says God is a God of justice. He demands justice. He's far more fair than we are. Because he's a God of justice one day, he's going to settle the score. And if I didn't believe that, I would be in despair, seeing how people get away with all kinds of stuff. But I know the judgment is, isn't meted out yet, because we've been given free choice to do good or bad. See, an entire country right now is suffering because one man, Putin, decided to invade their country. And countless people in Ukraine have lost their lives, their entire way of life has been destroyed. And do you think it's going to be fixed anytime soon? No. Their, their entire country lives in fear, all because of one man. Maybe one country. Hard to tell what's going on scenes there in Russia. Why doesn't God judge us now? Why doesn't he bring justice now? I'm sure people were thinking that at World War I, World War II, all kinds of wars, our civil war. Why doesn't he balance the books today? Leads us to our third point. Because he wants to show us we need a savior. Ecclesiastes 7.20, there is no one on earth who does what is right all the time and never sins. This means we're all in trouble. We're all unkind. We're all cruel and unfair. Even though we don't want to admit it. We're all in the same boat. And the reason why the world is unjust is because it's unfull, full of unjust people. Like me. Like you. We want to believe that we're good and that we're unselfish and that we always think of other people. <laughs> no. So God tests us. He lets the world go on to see what the natural consequences of our human nature is. Ecclesiastes 3.18 says, God is letting the world go in its sinful way so he can test mankind. He wants to see what human nature is really like so that men will see that they are no better than beasts. 
saying that injustice reels human nature. When you see stuff going on in the world, you shouldn't be surprised about it. It just shows what's really gone, going on inside us. And giving the opportunity, I will think of me before I think of you. We are naturally self-centered people. Injustice just reveals human nature. Men will see that they're no better than beasts. He's saying that without God, we tend to act like animals. Normal people, given the right situation in a group, are capable of anything, good or bad. We're capable of, of acting the right way in a situation or a bad way. We tend to prey on each other. People do it all the time in business. They act wild. Evolution says that we, we shouldn't be surprised because we're just an animal anyway. We're just a complex ooze. So why not just act like an animal? God says, no, you're not an animal. But sometimes you act like one. The humanist says man is basically good and he basically does the right thing. If that's true, how do you explain all the atrocities going on? around the world right now, including the rapes and murders and abuse that gets overlooked and not prosecuted every single day of our society. We need a savior. We have all the freedom to choose and there's going to be a judgment one day for our choices. But God's delaying that judgment so you can recognize your need for a savior. Romans says we've all sinned. Yet now God declares us not guilty if we trust in Jesus Christ who freely takes away our sins. You need a savior, not justice. God will definitely provide justice, but we're all in the same boat. None of us are perfect. We've all blown it. We've all sinned. And if God gave you what you deserve right now, where would you be? Jesus did not deserve to die on a cross. He was perfect, sinless. He was God. But the Bible says he came and died and took the penalty for you and me, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. He took my penalty, my price, my jail sentence, and he did it to you too, if we just accept it. Fourth reason, pain can develop character. Now, I don't like this one, but it's definitely true. Romans 5, 4 says, suffering produces character. You always learn more from pain than you do from pleasure. You learn more from failure than you do success. It's one of my favorite Disney, underrated Disney movies is Meet the Robinsons, where he talks about this. In the movie, one of my favorite scenes is when he messes up the peanut butter and jelly gun. And everybody cheers and they're like, yeah, you failed. Woo. And they're all excited. And they're like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with you guys? And he's like, and then the mom says, said something like, you earn a lot from failure. Success, not so much. It's so true. We learn through failure. It's in the tough times that you develop character, not the easy times. God is interested in molding and making you. It's not by accident that God's chosen people, the term given to Israel, the Jews, has suffered more oppression than any other people. Why? Because he cares about them. He's developing them. He's building them, maturing them. Growing up, my family took lots of pictures. I remember we had film developed because back in the 70s, you know, that's what they did. We had slides and you had to take your Kodak or Fuji film and have it developed. And what you get is a negative. And you take that into a dark room and turn a negative into a positive by shining light through it onto and a larger onto photographic paper. 
And when the light shines through the negative on the paper, it becomes a positive. And Solomon is taking snapshots of life. And he says, life looks pretty negative. It's not fair. And there are a lot of things that just aren't right in the world. But God can turn those negative things in your life into positives. He, If you let the light of his love shine through it. And he'll build positive things out of it. And some of you feel you've been dealt a bad hand. And what you're facing right now just isn't fair. You didn't deserve it. You're right, you didn't. So what do you do when life's unfair? We, we know it. Instead of complaining about it, what do we need to do? First, accept it. You're dealt a hand that you, weren't, you didn't deserve, just accept it. It's a fact of life. Quit trying to ignore it. John 16, says, Jesus says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. <laughs> he was a little realistic. The fact is, even if you spent every single waking moment of your life crusading against injustice and correcting wrongs in society, you're not going to save it. The issue is deeper than the system. We think we can correct the system, but the problem is human nature because we're selfish. We think of ourselves before we think of other people, and we have the freedom to choose right and wrong, and a lot of times we choose wrong intentionally because it's the easy thing to do. The right thing to do isn't always easy. So he says, human nature, that's the real problem. So even if we, everybody became a believer and started living the way God wants us to, the next generation can come along, make different decisions, and then life goes right back to being unfair. See, if you don't get God's perspective on this, you're going to go through life cynical and bitter and resentful and disillusioned, saying, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to my family? That's all you can focus on. See, although you can't control the circumstances in your life, you do have control over your reaction. And that's what God is watching. How do you respond to the injustice in life? Do you fight it? Fight it well. Fight it true, but respond the correct way. Second, which leads me to this, do the right thing anyway. Learn to do right, Isaiah 1.17 says. See that justice is done. Help those who are oppressed. So even when the world is unfair, you maintain your own integrity. You do the right thing anyway. Do what you can to gain justice for others. Certainly, we ought to fight for civil rights, for the oppressed, and to seek to correct the wrongs and injustices in our society. you got to do what you can. I'm not telling you not to. Proverbs 29.7, the righteous care about injustice. So what do you do? Well, Romans 12 says, don't overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't become resentful. Don't retaliate. Don't take matters into your hand. Don't be a vigilante. Remember what God said, vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord, I will repay. He can do a better job than you anyway. There's a trap. We look at the world and we see people who are doing the wrong things and we say, everybody's doing it. Therefore, it must be okay. Wrong. Don't follow the crowd in doing wrong. You think they're getting away with it. Maybe I can do it and get away with it too. No, you'll get caught. <laughs> They'll get away with it, but you'll get caught. That's how things work. You do the right thing when other people do the wrong thing. You need to remember that each one of us will one day stand before God and give an account of our lives. And at that point, it won't matter. Well, everybody did it. God will say, I don't care about everybody. I'm only talking to you right now. Ecclesiastes 8, 11, and 12 in the Living Bible says, because God does not punish people instantly, people feel it's safe to do wrong, but those who fear God will be better off. Take a long-term look. 
And third thing to do, trust God in his promises. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, These temporary troubles are winning for us a permanent reward out of all proportion to our pain. See, God is faithful, and God is going to reward you for doing the right thing anyway, the right response to the inequities of life. And one day, God is going to wipe away every tear. He's going to balance the books. He's going to settle the score. And you do the right thing, and you're going to get rewarded. These temporary troubles, 70, 80, 90 years, are temporary concern to eternity. you got to keep your perspective. The hard part is, is that when you go through a rough time, and some of you may be going through that rough time right now, it's not fair. You didn't deserve it. Everybody has their stories of injustice. Everybody. Some are more worse than others. We're not going to get an explanation for every detail why things happen. But we don't need an explanation. All we need to know is this. Number one, God is your best interest at heart. Two, he's given you a freedom of choice to do good or bad. Three, one day you're going to be judged for it. And fourth, if you respond the right way, you will be rewarded. That's all you need to know to make it in this unfair world. God's going to settle the score. you got to trust in his promises. Trust in his love. And as we make our way in a world riddled with injustice and cruelty, I hope that this pot encourages you in a small way to fight injustice, to do the right thing anyway, even when you're facing tough consequences. Well, I'll see you next week as we look at why we need to work hard instead of just getting by. All right. God bless.